Fat Pratt. Hey guys, John here, your host of the Fat Pratt Chat, where we talk about stuff that makes you lose fat, get strong, and love the gym. Welcome back today to episode 34, uh, where James and I uh, go off script a little bit. And here's what happened. We, we started with client shout outs, which I think all of you appreciate. And then because we normally start with overrated, underrated, we totally forgot to go back and do that. So if you love that part of the episode, I am really sorry. If you hate that part of the episode, then you are in for a treat today because we skipped it and it's not there. So that's what I'll, I'll leave it at that for today. Uh, the topic of the day is what the gym has taught us. And now most of you know the gym does more for you than just make you look good or lose weight. So we're going to talk about our experiences from the gym and how it translates into life. And maybe you guys can then have a moment to reflect on what the gym is actually doing for you more than your body composition goals or your weight loss goals or your strength goals or whatever your goals might be. So enjoy the show and we will catch up at the end as usual. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fat Pratt Chat. Episode 34, a few days after Kyler's... Kyle's, Kyler's. Kyler's, yeah. It's going to be one of those episodes <laughs> after this weekend. Kyle's bachelor party. Correct. Yeah, which was basically a mini vacation, which goes right in, right in line with the episode we just released. Yeah, and, and you got vacation. your workouts. You got your workouts in. So I didn't get beach. as many workouts as I wanted, but yes, I supplemented with one on the on one on the beach, one at the gym, and a lot of walking, a lot of steps, and swimming. It's a lot, a lot of activity. Yeah, I got to the gym with you the one day on Saturday, but outside of that, nothing impressive. Just walking. I really wanted to go to the gym the next day, and then. I would have, but it was uh, everybody else really was not having it, and then they. Cars was a problem. We'd have to Uber there at the time. So it becoming really complicated. Yeah. So all that being said, good time this weekend. It's cool to hang out with some of the staff and seeing that we've established relationships amongst the staff to enjoy hanging out with each other. Yeah. And even uh, even somebody from the gym who's a mutual friend like of Kyle in the past now. So that was pretty cool, pretty cool interaction. Yeah. All good people. So next year, this time, we're inviting the entire Pratt performance <laughs> down to Florida <laughs> for a week off together. Uh, How many people would come? How many people do you, if legitimately, like the, theoretically, this is never going to happen, but how many people would come if we literally invited the entire gym to Florida for a, a three-day weekend? 27. Yeah, I think, I think definitely 20s. Definitely 20-something people would show up. Yeah, 27 exactly. Exactly 27. Exactly 27. And I'm thinking of all 27 people that would be there right now. <laughs> all right, let's get into our shout-outs. Who do you let's got? Do it. You got anybody good this week? Yeah, I got somebody awesome this week. We're going straight to Jill Mezzacapa. Long-time oh. Another long-time member. Been around for a while. Been through a lot. And uh, she has a testimonial on YouTube already done with us. I'll link that in the show notes today. Um, so Jill, most recently, she's, she's been impressive for a while. Uh, and like I said, been kind of through a lot, up and down a little bit, gotten through COVID, busy time of life, this and that. And uh, to see her kind of rise above lately and get to a really good spot where she looks awesome. Cle- clearly, she's made progress muscle-wise. Like, I didn't recognize her on the other side of the field in Burn. And Gina's like, I'm jealous of Jill's six-pack. I'm like, yeah, who is that running around with a six-pack over there? Like, <laughs> So she's made insane progress recently. Um, and... Uh, 
she was so excited to tell me like how good she feels that she's eating appropriately and actually eating like enough, which was like a problem for her in the past, which sounded similar to me and like how that affected her workouts now to be more beneficial. She feels better in her workouts. She feels like she has more energy to put the effort into her workouts. So then she feels like she's getting more out of her workouts. And it's like this, uh, like this positive snowball effect that I could see her getting so excited of. And I was so excited because I'd been through some somewhat of a similar situation and to feel like the positive effects compounding is just amazing. So I was pumped for her. Yeah. Well, you, you, you have some stuff to say about her. Well, to add on to that, one, I think she's stolen your tan gains recently because she's really tan. <laughs> I so hang on and a second. I don't know I how much time she's spending in the sun. Just want to say she's been looking really tan. I told her yesterday, she told me it's it's a very natural tan. I'm not going to agree or disagree. All I'm going to say is I think she's tanner than you are right now. She might be, yeah. And that's a problem because that means she's going to look more defined than exactly. she already is. Exactly. I talked to her recently about the same thing. I, I totally didn't notice her. She mm -hmm. was on the other side of the gym. Yep. And I was like, Jill, I had no idea that that was you. But she looks awesome uh, between the tan and getting significantly leaner. And uh, she started an Instagram page where yep. she's filming her workouts I had no now. idea who that was either. I saw this Instagram thing and I didn't recognize her in the um, the th and it was like Jill Lauren something and I'm like I didn't recognize that part of the name but yeah I was like oh it's Jill <laughs> yeah I, I think that that's an important point real quick just to make for somebody like Jill who always worked hard relative to her capability but sometimes at different points just wasn't feeling it and couldn't go all out she couldn't give that next level that she has now, but she always showed up. She always worked hard. She always gave what she could. And then suddenly things clicked. Mm -hmm. And now that they're clicking, she's reached a point at which she hasn't been since she competed in bikini like 15 years ago. Crazy. So that's how important it is, I think, to keep treading water, keep showing up, keep working out, because at some point everything's going to click and you want to actualize those benefits when it happens. Because it would have been so easy to just say, you know what, because of life circumstances or because of how I feel, I can't go all out in the gym, so I might as well not go at all. And then this moment of everything clicking would have just gotten her to the point that she would have been at previously instead of where she is at now. Correct. Yeah. So really cool. And another quick shout out to her in regards to she was on Zoom every single day during COVID. That's right. Ultra she was consistent. one of the first members yep. and was there every day. And she cried that I hope she doesn't mind me sharing. She cried the day that we had the COVID shutdown because she was scared that we wouldn't be back. Mm. And I told her, I'm like, Jill, we will most definitely be back. Um, I guarantee it. And I was probably a little bit too confident at the time because <laughs> maybe things got a little bit more shady than I expected, but we made it back. Um, my shout out, ironically, I believe Libby Hans mm -hmm. actually referred Jill or vice versa. Hey, we're not quite sure on this one. I think Libby referred Jill because, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the case. I don't think they just ran into each other here because they no, grew I'm up together. No, I'm pretty sure that, yeah, they were friends before. And we didn't know these were going to be our shout outs, by the way. This is coincidental. This is crazy. So Libby referred Jill. And Libby, in my opinion, has the best work-to-talk ratio in this entire building. She might, yeah. Mm -hmm. She works hard every single day, as hard as she possibly can. And she's not really there to have chit-chat, small talk. She's always a great conversation. But she's here to take names in regards to the workout, <laughs> not take names in regards to meeting you. And totally outperforms her husband in every way, shape, or form Oh yeah, in regards him. to work What's ethic. even his name? I don't even know. Can't even think just of can't it. Can't even think of his name. <laughs> Sorry, but Roger. Big, sh big shout out to Libby. <laughs> Libby's just one of those people that are impossible to not like. 
just quiet, happy, smiling, hardworking, super easy to communicate with, remembers everything, very smart, great to socialize with when you're not interrupting her work. Just great all around. So huge shout out to Libby and her performance so far. Super consistent. Extremely consistent. Even when her husband's not consistent. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Another guy we don't know the name of. (laughs) No three-week golf trips. He doesn't come here enough. (laughs) How can we remember a guy's name that shows up once a week? Maybe. Uh, So huge shout out to Libby. Now, big news. Prop performance systems. This is the transition we're going to do. This is That was... You know, this is fair. We need to put some sound effects on that. Prop Performance Systems will be changing its name. Whoa. That's it, huge news. It will be called the Fat Pratt Gym. Just kidding. Just kidding. No. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Although, I don't know. I, I think Wouldn't would, be the worst. I think I people think would stop at that name. Yeah. They would stop and have to think. Like That place has to be cool with a spelling like yeah. PH for fat. Yeah, shouldn't we, we should name it like the worst name ever, just so people are like, I have to see what's going on because like, either it's the best gym or it literally is the worst gym, and I have to find out now. So I hope all of you are intrigued as to what the name change is. Unfortunately, it's not that crazy of a change. We're going to change it to Pratt Personal Training, and the big thing is we think this speaks more so to the customization that we have for programming for each person that comes in. So we think Pratt Personal Training will send a little bit more of a clear message as to what we do and how it differentiates from the rest of the industry. So even though we train in small groups, what we do is personal training based on the individual attention and individualized programming. So we're going to go with the name Pratt Personal Training to hopefully send a more clear message as to what we are. Because right now, Pratt Performance Systems, when you ask somebody, and I had this, I had this <laughs> situation happen recently, a guy came into my house to sell me air conditioning, and uh, he saw my shirt, and he's like, well, so what do you do? You work on cars? And then that was really the moment, because we were in debate at that time, and I was the last person to be convinced. And once that happened, I said, okay, I understand why we must change the name now. So, you all got to admit that the, the name got us somewhere. We had to have it, and it was a start, but like, it's not clear as to what we do it's not helpful to the business when when the name is that and it's on things you know um and the logo do we want to talk about what's happening with the logo yeah we're just we're going to get rid of the just guy that's the on guy the one altogether. arm on, on, on two feet laying sideways on the one arm oh that's a guy i didn't even know the whole time <laughs> <laughs> and i think to go back in time it kind of goes goes to show how far we've come and how naive i was back in 2016 Prep performance training, we were training mostly athletes, and I wanted the adults to prioritize the same things that we prioritize with athletes in regards to improving their cardio times and improving their performance in regards to resistance and strength training. And that still holds true, but the majority of the business in 2016 was athletes, 75, 80%. Now it's the complete opposite. It's 80% at least for adults, sometimes even more. So I think it would make more sense to send a more clearer message to the bulk of our population here in saying that we are personal training, something that everybody understands, as opposed to prep performance systems and creating uh, a lot of confusion with those words. And the, the get up guy isn't necessarily a common enough exercise for anybody to, to know what it is on first look. 
and so realistically, if <laughs> realistically, if somebody knows what that is, they probably don't need to be in our gym training. Like they, if they're exposed enough to the gym that they know what that exercise actually is and what the guy's holding, they're probably at a point where they're doing their own workout anyway. Yeah, and in 2016, the Turkish Get Up progression was one of our staples because our thought process was everybody does a version of this. So that was the one exercise where I said, you know what? Squats, I don't know if that makes sense for everybody in some circumstances. Deadlifts, I don't know if that makes sense for everybody in some circumstances. But getting up off the ground is something that everybody has to do. So we could apply the Turkish get up to some capacity to everyone's program. I mean, unless you just never make it to the ground. <laughs> you, got, you got a bed that's waist tight and you're just there, really there careful not to trip and fall ever. Yep. And you're good. Yep. So I think that uh, I think that's exciting. Uh, it, it's exciting for us because we think it'll help us from a marketing standpoint, which has always historically been our weak link. We've always been so operations driven, and uh, which is a great thing. And we've always been so focused on improving our product and so customer experience focused that uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what happens when we start spending a little bit more time and effort on learning more about how to market what we do. Yeah, hopefully. I don't know. Or or the business is horrible and we have to go back to Pratt Performance. <laughs> Put the get-up guy back on everything. Put on our coffee cups. Or we just fire Pratt. You know what? You're the problem. It's that word. <laughs> it is the common denominator in the two names. So, All right. Topic today. What do we got? We got okay. a good one. Our topic uh, is uh, – what? well, I'll just say the topic first. Our topic is what the gym has taught us. And what we mean by that is – and here's where I think it's very relatable to all you – so many people have said to me when they've gotten results that like, hey, like, yeah, I, I see results, but like, I also just feel a lot better. And, you know, I just understand that coming to the gym is good for my mental state. So I think that'll help you all realize that the gym does more for you than just get you weight loss results and just potentially make you look good. Uh, there's a lot of like mental clarity that can come with like <clears throat> having a workout. People feel like a stress release physiologically from like getting to like move their body and like use their muscles, which they've been like maybe like bound up at a chair all day, like can't really get out and do much but walk. Um, so they, they just feel better in general. So it does more for people than just purely make them look better or lose weight on the scale. So on that topic, we're thinking about what has it done for us. So we each picked two things that we think the gym has taught us over the course of our gym life, which you've heard both of that in uh, previous episodes. Yeah, and I, I, this is really important to me because this has been the majority of my life for the last 20 years. So in looking back at all the different things that I feel like the gym has taught me, it's a little bit tough to dwindle it down to two, but I think there are two definitive things that I could point out that have been life-changing for me that if the gym did not exist somehow in our lives, I don't actually know what I'd be doing and at what to what level I'd be able to do it. Like maybe I'd be working on cars. <laughs> With the same logo, performance same <laughs> Perfect transition. Um, performance systems. But I'll, I'll go first. And number one, you can accomplish a lot if you truly focus on something and work hard. So I think the gym, and looking back now at some of the lessons that I'm learning and trying to read more about and listen to podcasts on uh, you know, self-help and business development and, uh, and stuff like that, I think the message of when you focus on something and you work really hard on it and you become almost borderline obsessive over it, you can accomplish a lot. 
And I think the gym is the first thing when I look back of the first thing that I was borderline obsessed with and worked really hard at. And when I was 13, I, I was probably, I'm going to guess on these two. I would say that I was in the bottom five percentile of body fat and body composition. And by bottom five, I mean yeah, define that from the us. 90s. Let's, let's <laughs> <on this>. <laughs> <laughs> like the like in the top five percent of body fat. So the highest body fat. Wow. Line up 100 random people. I'm one of the five worst in regards to body composition. I mean, you were that close. You should have just gone for the number one spot. Yeah. You were right there. Well, in being a rapper that I was part-time, there were other rappers like Notorious B.I.G. and Big Pun that kind of sported that big look, which made it more acceptable to me at the time. <laughs> but I figured, <laughs> why not start working out a little bit and maybe change your appearance? At least be strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think, I think going back then, I was probably in the bottom five percentile of body composition. And over the last 20 years, I've probably changed it enough to maybe crack the top 5%. I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like really skinny people out there. I don't know if I'd say body composition, but if I were to just generally categorize fitness, I've probably made it to about the top 5%. And I think it's been because of that obsession with fitness and with working out over the last 20 years in which there's almost never a week in which I don't work out at least six days and that's pretty much held true for the past two decades or so. So I think understanding and taking that lesson and having it subliminally resonate with me and starting a business, I think that's the foundational message that the gym taught me is that you can accomplish some really, really big things if you work really, really hard on something and you really focus on it and you eliminate some of the other distractions. And going back again, 20 years or so over the last two decades, very rarely have I allowed things to el eliminate my attendance to the gym. I've never really made an excuse as to not make it. Worst case scenario, I'll wake up at four o'clock. I'll work out at 4.30 if I have to. I'll stay late, I'll work out really late. But one of the things for sure in my daily schedule is that I will work out and I won't allow distractions to the degree of not getting it in. All right, I don't have much follow-up because I was busy setting up the camera, which <laughs> when, I, when I set it all up, <laughs> I found out there's no memory card in it. I got really demotivated to unset it up, put a memory card in it, reset it up. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe we just don't need a video. Because right. I got my haircut for no reason. So hopefully you all enjoyed what James was talking about because I have no idea what he just said. <laughs> uh, no, all good stuff. So I'll go with my first one. That was the first thing that came instantly to mind, which is delayed gratification, which I think is a very important life lesson for really everything. Um, so obviously when I first started, it was high school. I was forced to start, but I kind of wanted to anyway. I just didn't really know what to do. I didn't know anything about the gym at all. I had nobody to show me. But my coach, as you all know, had told us, like, you need to get in there. You guys are weak. You're getting pushed around. Like, go, go work out. But he gave us no more direction than that. So I'm glad that that was the push. At least it got me in there with a team. And I felt like, okay, at least we're all in this together and nobody knows what we're doing. So we can all just kind of like be here together. Um, so we just started doing whatever we felt like, which is the worst thing ever for kids who are 17 years old in the gym, uh, because basically just starts showing off as to what you can do better than the other guy, high risk of injury, very low reward on the exercises you're probably picking and the rep ranges you're picking. Um, but anyway, I knew that if I kept at it, like good things could happen, um, and probably would happen. So obviously over the course of my training over the next year and even really it was really the first few months you start seeing the results you're getting stronger in certain areas uh and then you know when you see visible results of like muscle definition and muscle size and like 
I remember our shirts fitting like tight, like uh, like you get such a good pump, like the first time you're lifting and stuff, and uh, like going to like scratch your back, and you're like, oh man, like I can't like reach, like my arm is like pumped up. This feels good, um, but knowing that <laughs> stuff, like, like <laughs> um, in any case, not to get off topic, delayed gratification was what it actually taught me. Not instantly, but over the course of that you know first year of lifting and then beyond, knowing that if I put in this work now there will be a reward coming down and it's not going to happen today. Like literally what I do today, I will not notice the difference other than maybe feeling the pump of the muscle in the moment. Like I don't see a difference from that. That doesn't last. That's one day. You have to be at this for multiple weeks, multiple months to actually have visible, tangible results. Uh, Speaking uh, purely of like body composition, weight loss, muscle gain, not just the way it makes you feel because you'll get those results pretty quickly. Nice. Nice. I like it. I uh, got to enjoy the process. Uh, number two for me, pushing well beyond the point of enjoyment for extended periods of time will decrease your work ethic. And this I find to hold true a lot for the members if we make a program that is potentially way too challenging for them and they do that for extended periods of time, then they start to lose motivation. They don't enjoy coming to the gym anymore. And I think this is a lesson learned in programming specifically. And one of the reasons that I really have high appreciation for it is that you go through these phases where when you're finishing a program, life should be hard (laughs) in the gym. Those last eight to 10 workouts should be pretty brutal. But what gets you through it is knowing that the program is going to end and you're going to recycle and you're going to start off relatively easy Mm -hmm. again and then work your way back towards that really difficult, challenging Uh, eight to 10 workouts to finish a program all over again. But I think what I see happening a lot, and we've discussed all or nothing principles uh, in this podcast slash show plenty of times, is that for years, I probably pushed myself well beyond the point of actually enjoying my workouts. But that's just what I thought was necessary. That's what I categorized the workout as having to accomplish. I needed to be completely beat up after every single session. And then learning more about how to phase the difficulties of the program and how to start a little bit easy and then make it moderately challenging and then very challenging and then absolutely brutal over the course of a program, I think that made a ton of sense to me. And in the world of looking at everything uh, in terms of like relative difficulty, it's so amazing restarting a program knowing that you don't have to go through that torture that you just did. And it makes you really appreciate the early phases of the program so much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've totally seen that at times in my life too. And it, it really does get so difficult to, to my next point, stay consistent when that's the type of thing that you're doing. Um, and, you're, and you're literally burning yourself out. And like then it's just, it's just awful. Um, so there, there's the segue into my consistency. And that's the next point that has taught me is uh, what I wrote down is the benefits of being consistent and following a plan. Now, I haven't been the best at following a plan, and I'm still not the best at following a plan. But if you remember back to previous episodes, that first time I started working out with absolutely no plan, no direction, no guidance whatsoever, it was kind of like I wasn't really sure if things were working. I don't really know. Like, I hope this is doing something. It's kind of fun. I enjoy it when I'm here. I like the way it makes me feel, but like, I'm not really sure if like I'm actually getting stronger or like actually gaining muscle. Uh, so it wasn't until I hooked up with my boy Manny, who was like, took me under his wing, like, hey, I'm on this plan. Like, do the plan with me. 
here's what we're going to do. Like he laid it out so simply and gave me the reps and the sets and the exercises and the categories of those exercises. And I was like, I don't know the principles underneath here. And I didn't even understand at the time that I should have known the principles underneath. But I'm like, it doesn't matter because I'm not doing anything that makes sense. And you seem to be doing stuff that makes sense. And you've clearly got results. So I'm in. I'm working out with you. You just tell me what to do. That's when I first saw that you stay on a plan, you stay consistent, and that's when things start to go really well. Obviously, that translates outside of the gym too. Yeah, that's huge. And I, I guess that the, another more another important thing when you look across the gym of something that you learn is that anybody can resonate with working hard in the gym. And it brings people together that may not have been brought together if they were in different scenarios. And if you just look out at the gym at any point in time in which we have a full session, you see people that have very clear different political stances, people of different ethnicities, different skin colors, different religions, but they're all there to work hard. And they all speak the language of working out as opposed to what they potentially disagree on. And I think that's huge when I see things like that of every once in a while, a couple of people make their way into the gym and it makes me nervous if they're going to get along or not. But then when you see people like that suffering, quote unquote, suffering a little bit together through their cardiovascular activities and through their lifting, and they kind of say, hey, you know, like we're in this together. <laughs> this isn't that fun for me right now either. Yep. But, you know, we're in here to accomplish the greater good for ourselves individually. And that's all that matters right now. And every once in a while when you see something like that, you're like, that's really cool. That's what it's all about. And if we could put that at the forefront of how we all get along as opposed to finding something to disagree about or argue about, I think that's, uh, I think that's a pretty cool thing that the gym tends to do to people altogether. Yeah, as, as you're talking about that, I'm thinking on, uh, on the podcast and the way and I was listening to uh, business about um, recognition and how important it is to an organization. And it's almost like just that somebody recognizes the work you're putting in because they know. Like, it's not just somebody from the outside looking in that's like, oh, you're working so hard. It's like, no, somebody who is qualified to know how difficult what I'm about to do is, is recognizing that I'm going to go do something difficult. Thinking of like a really challenging um, interval on the bike or a challenging goal to beat on the bike or something like that. When like you just have that moment of like you know hey you're in for it now but i, I know what it's going to feel like to go get it you know that's right absolutely this is a good one 25 minutes all right yeah well, a little longer when i add the intro but you know Not we'll bad. keep it under 30 for sure Not under bad. 30 for sure all right uh, awesome done great episode peace out everybody peace Okay, everybody, that wraps up today. And I just want to say one of the coolest things for us to see as trainers that I never realized how cool it would be when I got into this industry is seeing people's personalities change for the better when they come to the gym consistently. And I say that because I think a lot of people would agree this does a lot for their mental state. And a gym and a good gym environment and a good community of people, which we are trying our best to facilitate, um, does wonders for somebody whose life may have some issues in various other areas outside of the gym. This is like a place of solace for some people. It's removed from the rest of their life that may be difficult at the time. So yes, it's so fun to see people succeed in their body composition goals, but it's way more fun to see people succeed in being mentally clear, being happy, enjoying themselves. Uh, meeting new people. It's awesome. I love that we do that here. So I really just want to leave you today with uh, just just reflect on what the gym is doing for you. If you haven't thought about that in a while, 
there's probably some more stuff that the gym is doing for you in a positive way than not. I know for myself, and I've talked about this in the past, uh, when I don't have a good gym consistent routine, it just I'm just not right. It just doesn't feel like me, and other areas of my life start to suffer a little bit. Now, there's definitely a balance to be had, and I'm not the seven-day-a-week gym goer. Uh, it does help that I work here, obviously. That makes it a little more easy for me to get in consistently than some people. That's an advantage I have. So anyway, just go leave the podcast turn off the music and just try to think about what the gym has done for you and then in doing so you'll probably have some things that are going to now keep you steady in the more difficult times to stay steady in the gym peace out everybody